On this week's episode of the Explominate Podcast, we first give you some Forex news, then we give you our critical thoughts on Imperium's Greek Wars, and in the back half, we speak to Pavel, the lead developer of Cube Games, the development studio behind Imperium's Greek Wars, so stay tuned. Welcome to the Explominate Podcast. Welcome, friends, to the Explominate Podcast. I am your host, Rob, and joining me for this episode is my co-host, Ben. Welcome, Ben. How's it going, Rob? It's going well, man. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Yeah, for once, we're not recording at 3 o'clock in the morning on your time. We're doing some normal stuff at normal times. Yeah, that's the thing. Although, I've got to say, I'm, I'm in no better shape than I normally am. <laughs> I'm so busy at the moment that uh, just... I just constantly feel like I'm burning the candle on both ends. So it's just kind of one of those things, really. I, I, whenever I do the Explominate podcast, I'm always either out my brain on coffee to try and keep myself awake, or I'm just sort of propping my eyelids up with with sticks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, putting toothpicks in your eyes just to keep them open? Uh, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> I get it. I feel the same way. I definitely feel like I'm constantly doing that. So this is just one more thing that we do. But you know what? We do this out of love. So here we are doing this, even though we're tired and burning the candle at both ends, we are here and we have some Forex news. So why don't we talk about some of that? First up is that Interstellar Space Genesis has announced a natural law expansion, which is called natural law. I should say that. I should probably make it a little bit more clear than that. But yeah, so Praxis Games came out and said that their first expansion called Natural Law is going to be coming out this year, which is very exciting. And with it will be the addition of two new races, both of which I think look pretty darn cool, if you ask me. One of them is like a, like a crab-like thing, and the other ones are like little tiny apes and mechs. And I think that that's pretty cool. So I am excited about that. And they are going to have their own ship sets, their own special abilities, and all the, the things you'd expect from an interstellar space genesis race or faction. And the Titans for both of them will also have their own special effect too, as the other ones do, as all the other factions in the game do. So, you know, basically everything you'd expect. And they're also going to be adding a bunch of new things to the game in the form of new leaders for each of the existing factions, including an additional, so three leaders for the human faction. And they're going to be adding some new heroes that are going to be a part of the two new factions let me let's find the name here so we have the syrix sentinels and the palacean assembly and the palacean assembly look like these weird lobster things with three claws and again the syrix are the ones that that are like basically little monkeys and mechs and yes like i said so there's now 16 rulers oh actually technically 17 because there's the third human ruler 
And they're also bringing forth those those races from the two new factions. So there's a bunch of new, basically like a bunch of new content, although there doesn't appear to be any mechanics changes or additional mechanics being added. It's all just content, including soundtrack additions. So, you know, it's it looks like a great expansion pack for those that may have felt that the the content of the base game for Interstellar Space Genesis was a bit lacking. I am surprised to see that there aren't any new gameplay mechanics, but quite frankly, I'm not sure that I was... I'm, I'm, at this point, like, I, I'm really starting to play it a lot more often and much more. I've, I've only got 30 hours or so with the game, but I'm finally compelled to play it more because of the version 1.2 update, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that there really needs to be much more in the way of gameplay mechanics because it's actually pretty dense. You know, I'd, I'd like to see more, maybe te- more technologies, but for the most part, I think that adding new content was the the right way to go for the first expansion. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that, you know, like you say, the meat of the game is pretty substantial at this point anyway. And I also don't really like it when when 4X games or games in general, they kind of lock off new gameplay mechanics that significantly alter the experience, um, you know, behind DLC. So, I mean, I mean, obviously there are games that do that and they do it fairly successfully, but it's, it can be a bit of a contentious thing, right? So I'm happy to pay for more races and, you know, kind of new new leaders and that kind of thing. I just think stuff like that's, it doesn't, you know, it, it feels like it's an optional thing and it doesn't feel like it's kind of, you know, you're being bent over the de- the desk over it, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, agreed. I know. I know the feeling and I, I definitely feel like that if they just added content through their expansions and maybe kept some of the, the mechanic changes or gameplay mechanic additions for the like free patches that they've been putting out pretty regularly. I would really like that business model. So I'm hoping that that's what they continue to do. But I'm very excited. We're going to have an interview with Adam Solo and Keith Turner. Again, Adam Solo being like the main developer behind Interstellar Space Genesis. And then Keith Turner was brought on for the expansion. So we're going to have an interview with those two coming up very shortly. Expect that in the next week or so. I'm excited. You and I are going to be the ones that are going to interview them. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Okay, uh, next we've got the game that we we're just about to speak about, uh, which is Imperium's Greek Wars and uh, by Cube Games. Now, they are just about to release a DLC called Imperium's Troy. And it looks like this isn't just like um, sort of a map edition. It's a whole new campaign, and it's kind of more tightly focused by the looks of things. So it's more it's focused around the Trojan War, and it includes a, a new set of game mechanics, really, which within which kind of models that that mythological kind of the conflict. So yeah, it looks quite interesting. It would be interesting to see how that it how that it sort of differs from the base game, uh, which we're just about to speak about now. So right, yeah, we're going to offer our critical thoughts here on Imperium's Greek Wars, and then. At the back end of this show, which I'm sure you already know at this point, because I've probably already said so, we're going to be interviewing one of the main developers for this game. So we're going to talk much more about this game, so I'll leave that at what you've already said. Basically, they're trying to make it like the historical version of the Battle of Troy. And so they're not trying to go mythological, at least from what I understand. Or at least they're going to have like maybe like ever so slightly mythological elements to it, but it's not going to be the full-on mythological elements that were you know, part of the, the legend of Troy. So looking forward to seeing how that changes the gameplay. Right, and we should bear in mind that the Trojan War was 10 years, I think, wasn't it? It's, so it's, it's not just a battle, it's a 10-year-long it's a conflict just based around one city-state. Um, so the, the map itself looks quite small compared to the to the size of the you know some of the maps that you can have in imperiums but it's so it's a much more focused conflict by the looks of things so yeah i'm kind of excited for that sounds cool yeah we'll have to ask more about that as we get them on the show 
Next up is the Stellaris 2.8 update. They call it Butler. And with that, of course, they're talking about the Necroid Species Pack. And it's going to be adding a new Necroid prescripted empire and a new phenotype with 16 new portraits. So we're going to have some spooky looking things on the, the race selection screen, including scary Jeffoids, which <laughs> I don't know if you've seen their marketing for that. It's kind of funny. But we've also got a new city set and room backdrop for Necroids, a new dark and eerie ship set. That looks pretty awesome. And a new advisor voice and a few other things. We've got some new civics, death cult, reanimated armies, and memorialists. And then a new added necrophage origin type. With the butler free patch, we have a bunch of new governor leader traits. And a bunch of balance issues, stability, and performance updates, and stuff like that. So they say they've greatly improved startup and load times, which I'm excited about. I think it'll probably be time for me to jump back in just to see what it's all about. And hope that the bug catches me. But uh, I know we've already had lengthy discussions about the likelihood of that. But, you know, it it looks like a pretty (laughs) good patch. Yeah, it looks like a pretty good patch, though. And for everything that we say about the game and and Paradox, this patch is pretty substantial. And the actual patch portion, of course, is free. So, you know, if it takes a species pack here and there to add some balance and stability improvements to the game, then I'm I'm all right with that. Okay, so next we've got uh, Sid Meier's Civilization VI with self-titled October 2020 game update. And I think the, the big takeaway from this one is that they're adding a Pirates multiplayer scenario. Um, just going to read off their blurb. Pirates is a fast, competitive scenario for one to four players. Each player takes the role of a pirate king as they progress on their pirating career. So basically, this is like a Sid version of Sid Meier's Pirates, I'm guessing. And uh, yeah, it's something a little bit different to to throw into the mix. I mean... You know, they've thrown the Illuminati and vampires in there. Why not throw in pirates as well? Yeah, and there was some concern. I know we spoke about this on the last episode, the last news episode, that it may be multiplayer only, but it does look like you can actually just add AI players. So I was watching the video, and it seems pretty cool. There's like an active ability for each of the pirate factions, and then there's like a passive ability for each of them too. So each of the four factions feel pretty asymmetric, which I'm pretty, pretty excited about. I have not yet tried it, although I'm hoping that by the time we have a next episode, we can discuss it because I'll have tried it and can probably offer some feedback. But, you know, it's only a 60-turn game, so the idea is basically just to knock it out real quick and become the quote-unquote pirate king. So I like it. I like the idea that they're trying to change things up and add some additional gameplay modes. Maybe that's something we can play on on Twitch or on YouTube or something because... We haven't done anything anymore with player games yet, have we, Rob? <laughs> no, we haven't. And we've always talked always talked about it, but sixty turns feels like something we can knock out in a couple hours. So I would I'd I feel think so. yeah, I feel pretty pretty excited and comfortable about that. So yeah, maybe actually let's go ahead and make the <laughs> the tentative plan to to actually do that. So look forward to that. We'll we'll try to make that happen. And in the meantime, we'll actually try some on our own so that we can you know, at least get somewhat good at it and provide each other a little bit of competition. Maybe we can get Drex in on it too and, and make it a three little a little three way thing. So I think that'd be uh, Drex, a lot of fun. Drex is already a kind of pirate king, isn't he? He's certainly a, a bit of a rebel when he on exploring. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Drex the pirate king. We're calling him that from now on. But yes, we'll we'll play some <laughs> and we'll get ready for it and we'll have this little showdown of Explorate staffers. Next up is the fact that Amplitude Studios Humankind, which will be the civilization competitor that everyone's been talking about and excited about, finally has a release date of April of 2021. And with that announcement, they also produced an open dev scenario for Stadia, which is different than the 
other open dev scenarios that they had not too long ago. This one being open to the public, which is a big deal. The other one, you had to have an invitation. And this one was also free in every way because Stadia, from what I've found out, is something all you have to do is you have to attach your Google account to and you could play immediately. You just clicked on the button and you were playing Stadia. I will say that my my time with Stadia was kind of unfulfilling in that I feel like the, you know, I have a very good internet connection and the actual gameplay look kind of looked washed out a little bit. I felt like I was playing someone else's computer, which is basically what you're doing. And I wasn't a huge fan of that. But that being said, the open dev scenario for humankind was significantly improved over the open dev scenario of a few months ago to the point where I'm starting to actually have faith that this thing could be pulled off. I was enjoying myself quite a bit. I've got a couple of videos up on YouTube and a few more to upload. And I would just say that the, the UI has shaped up quite a bit. I felt like the UI was actually something that I could understand pretty easily with very little you know, need for digging through or getting through some of the wikis or anything like that. So that was good. I wish there was nested tooltips like there are in CK3 and you know at the gates and stuff like that. I'm hoping that that's something that Amplitude Studios will implement. I'm crossing my fingers, but I'm not giving my hopes up. But yeah, the scenario is really cool. You get to go through the first two eras and, you know, it's it's preset. So everyone got to play the same idea, the same the same setup. But, you know, the, the time I had with it, it really started to feel like a game that was starting to feel much more cohesive. So I think that another six, seven months of development time feels like it could be enough time for them to make a game worth a damn so i'm very excited about that and you know of course the game is beautiful i I mean absolutely beautiful the details that are added and have been added since the last open dev scenario are you know out of this world the voiceover acting was you know great and a lot of the cutscenes that they've added between eras were also just really spectacular so you know they've always had the presentation of their forex games nailed down pretty well what what is the reasoning behind Stadia? Do you think have they actually explained why they're using that particular platform? From what I understand, Google offered them money to do so. So you know it was something where a it wasn't going to prevent anybody from playing it because it is rather easy to get on. Although I understand that Stadia isn't available everywhere, so that did kind of prevent some people from getting on, which may have been their their goal because I know that you know getting too much feedback is a bit difficult to parse through, but. Yeah, it must be some sort of arrangement that Sega has made with Stadia and Google because they've also decided that they've announced that there's going to be some Stadia specific additions to the game. And, you know, I don't know exactly what those are going to be because they haven't mentioned what they're going to be yet. But what, in, the yeah. fi- in the final game, is that sorry, is that going to be in the final game? Uh, stadia specific stuff? Yeah, well, from what I understand, there's going to be some Stadia specific, like maybe you know, additions. I'm not exactly sure. I, I'm not, I don't, they just mentioned that there would be some Stadia specific stuff and they didn't go into saying what any of that would be. So I imagine that they might entice people to go to Stadia with, you know, maybe a couple extra units or maybe a couple extra, you know, unit costumes or something like that. Or, you know, I don't know. I don't know exactly what the specifics are, but yeah, I feel like sure. that's probably why they're, they're moving towards having that open dev scenario on Stadia. 
I can never get any of these streaming services to work satisfactorily. I I had a really bad experience with the PlayStation one. Um, just trying to play Bloodborne with a one-second input delay on the controller. I mean, that game's hard enough without that, man. <laughs> it was almost impossible. So, oh, yeah. and, and it looked like... Sh- it looked like crap as well. So I just, I and I've got a good connection. And I've got a good computer, but I, I, I understand it's not about your PC, it's the server side stuff. But I don't know. I just, I'm not keen on that idea. I don't really like the idea of streaming services anyway. However, if they can make it work, prove me wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll say that my time with it, like I said, wasn't particularly exciting, and I wasn't particularly impressed. The graphics felt washed out. They felt like I was playing another computer, and like it, it just felt like. There was, you know, I feel like I was playing it through the internet instead of playing it directly on my computer because there was ever so slight delay and the graphics looked like they don't look like the graphics look worse than they do on the VIP version I have on my Steam. So, you know, I, I could tell the difference and I wasn't super impressed with Stadia, but I was very impressed with the actual open dev scenario. Yeah, sure. We can, we can separate the two. (laughs) Okay. And finally in the news, uh, this is not really that newsworthy, but Dominion's uh, Dominion's five has hit version five point five zero, which is a bit of a milestone. But unfortunately, there's nothing really that exciting in here. It's just bug fixes and a few modding modding tools for modders. So I'm not even going to read it out. It's pretty it's pretty random Dominion stuff. So yeah, if you want to take a look, go and have a look. But yeah, Dominion's has is hit the ripe old age of five point five zero. Very good. And before we move into our subject, which is a discussion on Imperium's Greek Wars, I do want to mention to you guys that we have a few awesome interviews set up. First of all, I have Age of Wonders Planetfall with Tom, who's known as Tombles on the Triumph or sorry, on the Triumph Studios forums. Everybody knows him pretty well. I also have an interview set up with the Revival Recolonization upcoming 4X game, the developers for that. And we also, like I mentioned before, we have Adam Solo and Keith Turner from Praxis Games. They're going to be with us here very shortly. And I feel like I've got more and I'm just not remembering it. So we've got a lot of stuff set up. I can tell that our interviews are very popular. So I wanted to make sure that we got a lot of good stuff, a lot of good content lined up and a lot of good interviews lined up. So I've pretty much done everything I can to make that happen. I've also reached out to Eric Rutens from Matrix Games about Distant Worlds 2, and hopefully I'll get a good reply about that, and hopefully he will get on the show and talk to us a little bit about Distant Worlds 2. Let's just hope. Anyway, with that being said, let's move into our topic. As I mentioned before, our episode's focus tonight is going to be Imperium's Greek Wars, which is going to, you know, it's, this is going to serve as our like pseudo review kind of critical thoughts podcast on the game because unfortunately we never got around to it and we've been we've been mentioning it a few times. We talked about getting back to it and circling back around and talking about it. And at this point, we've had enough time that we think we can at least offer some critical thoughts on the game. You know, I know that both of us haven't had as much time with it as we'd hoped because unfortunately life happens and there are a lot of games there. And of course, you know, I don't want to say that it's, well, 
I will start by saying this. Maybe Imperium's Greek Wars isn't the kind of game that I would willingly play without the driving need to have something to talk about here. So that for me says a little something about the game, right? And I think that we can talk more about that here in a second. And I don't think it's actually much to do about the actual gameplay mechanics or the way the game plays out in any way. I think we'll, <laughs> we're going to have to talk about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I, th- I think we're going to disagree aren't we, on, uh, on certain things about this game. Cause um, I quite like the gameplay mechanics in this game. I think it's really good. And I don't, I'm, I don't really mind, well, the issue that I think that you've got with it. <laughs> yeah, and so I'll just go ahead and say it outright. I just feel that this game is ugly enough that I have a hard time looking at it for lengthy periods. So to make it clear, I'm not the kind of guy who feels like I need AAA graphics in every game, right? I can deal with games that have less than AAA graphics in a lot of, in a lot of different genres, not just 4X. In fact, I don't think games like At The Gates or... You know, <laughs> I'm trying to think of another game that, you know, I don't think even like Sorcerer King or Fallen Enchantress look all that great. They look fine. You know, there's a bunch of Forex games out there that I've played a lot of, and I don't think they're particularly the best looking games ever, you know. But for me, Imperium's Greek Wars is ugly enough that it detracts from the gameplay for me. And I know that that's something that we're going to disagree with because I know that you can pa- see past that way better than I can. But I do think we're going to agree on the gameplay mechanics. So I'd like you to tell me a little bit about what you think is unique about Imperium's Greek Wars and what you think, you know, as far as gameplay mechanics go, what stands out to you and what you enjoy. Okay, so can I can I first just answer the, the you know, just address what you said about the graphics? Yeah, of um, course. <laughs> of course. Sure. So I think with the graphics, I've got an issue with them as well. And it's not that I think that they're ugly. I think that they're a little bit busy. And I think that because they're a little bit busy, they uh, it kind of detracts from my ability to concentrate on the game for long periods of time. And so I don't think the graphics are bad. Uh, I just think that they're... I think I would have rather have had a 2D style of graphics with that kind of game, uh, something that was a little bit easier to see. Now, I, I know that I'm often one of these people who kind of decries new-looking games or new games because they look a bit like cell phone games, um, you know, and they've all got that kind of like super high-resolution polished look that kind of gives it that cell phone-ish game look but i think in this case with the amount of information that is on you know that you need to kind of understand with or you need to be able to take in with imperiums i do actually think that something clearer would be to its benefit um but i I don't think the graphics are bad i think i i don't agree with you that it's ugly i just think it's a little bit too busy yeah and i think we've mentioned this before or at least i know i have in that i think that the graphics are a bit washed you know they all kind of nothing really pops out. So it feels a bit muddy in a lot of ways. And that definitely is part of my, my frustration and my dislike for the game's graphics. But, you know, it also, I just, I'm I'm with you too, that the 3d graphics don't necessarily, they don't really feel like they're adding anything to this game. And in a lot of ways, I believe 2d graphics, especially because I think their artist is really good. So when you zoom out at a, a certain zoom level in Imperium's Greek Wars, you can see what their 2D artists are doing and it's actually really good. And then you have a lot of different, you know, backdrops and a lot of different portraits and stuff that are done in 2D. And those are great. They're fine. And if the game was done in that that style, I would really actually have a, an easier time getting into it and enjoying it more. So, you know, I don't want to speak too much about the graphics because I think that's secondary to the gameplay. But I do feel like the decision to continue on with this pseudo like 2000 ish 2002 ish type of 3d modeling doesn't work for the game at all 
And I'm hoping that in the future that they can adopt a more a more unique or even a 2D artistic style that we've talked about before. So, you know, I just don't feel like what they've done with aggressors and with Imperiums is working. So I'm hoping that they, they can <laughs> they can go back to the drawing board, literally, and you know, find a new artistic style that would speak or would make them be a bit more unique in their in their presentation. Yeah, I do wonder if um, some people might have passed over on the game because because of that look, because of that style. I I do think that it does kind of it is a Civ style game and it's a historical forex. And as I'm about to say, in in my opinion, I think it's a really good one. And I think it the the game mechanics that are there, the meat of the game, shall we say, is such that you anybody who looks past those graphics and and takes the ball by the horns and plays will find that there's a really really good game in there it's just that i do wonder if you know if people might have passed it over just because it had a kind of look about it that maybe reminded them of games that they don't really want to play anymore with regards to the game mechanics i'll answer your question on that one now um aggressors and imperiums and imperiums being the sequel but both of those games, they have a really, really interesting depth that you don't often get with uh, with historical forex. In fact, you don't really get with forex games of that kind at all. And these are this is a depth that is applied to things like combat. Um, the fact that there's things like supply in there. Now, supply isn't something you usually get, you know supply mechanics for your armies isn't something you usually get in forex games. Uh, it's usually that's usually the realm of a war game. And Aggressors isn't a war game. It, it's very, very clearly a 4X. It's very, very clearly a, a, a Civ-style historical 4X, but condensed into a, into you know just one time period, which is the ancient Greek times. And because of that condensation, it's, it enables itself to focus on uh, focus the game mechanics around that specific era. And there's a lot in there. So the combat mechanics are pretty interesting. Uh, I... I've got to be honest with you, I don't know exactly how they work. Uh, There is a really good manual. And that's one thing I will say about the game just now before I forget. It's got exceptionally good documentation. The game is really, really well documented. The manual is really good. There's there's a kind of, uh, there's the Imperium's version of a, Civilopedia that is really really good um, you know it's, it documents absolutely everything it's all it's all linked hyperlinked so you know it's quite easy to learn how to play and there's a decent tutorial as well yeah I was just about to say that I think the tutorial is actually pretty decent as well and you know even if you didn't want to use any of the you know the written manual at all or if you don't feel like you know for me I, I enjoy reading manuals so you know when I get time I've, I've had it on the side you know especially when I've played it I've pulled the manual up and I've looked at it quite a few times, but the the tutorial itself is actually a pretty good starting point. I felt like I could do the tutorial and then get into the game and start to do some things, you know, even if they weren't right, (laughs) they were still, you know, still making headway and doing things and progressing through the game just based on the tutorial information by itself. So I think that they did a great job there. And the game is different enough from Civilization and other historical 4X games that, you know, you will need to use the tutorial because I think that there's some things, especially with the UI elements and stuff that are much different and, you know, you won't exactly get, it's not necessarily a game that you can just jump in and play without at least looking at the tutorial. Yeah, I completely agree. It's actually quite complex. And some of the systems that it's using, you know, let's just take the combat, for example, like in Civ, I forget how, exactly how it works now, but it's essentially making, making a bunch of dice rolls, right? And the it, it's pretty simple how you stack the odds in your favor. But in Imperiums, 
you will have things like terrain advantages, which is, you know, you get in Civ 2 and, you know, other kind of his, historical games. But then there are things like the the morale of your units. There's the, gen- if there's any generals nearby, there's the relative, ex- there's the experience of your troops. There's the relative size of the army because you, your armies can be whittled down. It's not like you've got a counter and if it, if it loses all its health, it dies. Uh, you know, you've actually got a physical number of men, which will will be depleted and replenished depending on depending on your game actions. Um, there's whether they're in good supply or not will also will will also affect the outcome. So it's actually got some fairly uh, some mechanics that are more more akin to a war game in there. So it's not. I think it's going to be one of those cases where I think if you try to jump in and just play it like a straight forex, at some point you're just going to be confounded because you're not going to understand why it is that you're not coming out on top. Where you might be able to kind of trump the AI in something like Civ on a on an equivalent level, much easier. Agreed. And I also really, really enjoy the focus on natural resources and Imperiums. And you and I have talked about it behind the scenes, where we, you know, we we like tension in our games and we like to reduce the amount of resources in games especially like something like distant worlds or something like that and that's something you can do here in imperiums and you know you 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 provided some game settings that you were playing with that you know reduced the amount of natural resources where it it does become a game where you know there's a lot of natural tension because you want these resources because you need these resources for your units and you know as you progress through the the tech tree and you develop these new units that you know are going to be more powerful in the battlefield and are going to give you the edge you know you need these resources in pretty abundant numbers and without them you're not going to be able to produce them these new units with with any sort of you know frequency or numbers so you know i'm just i'm really appreciating that i really think that's a great mechanic i really think that the focus on natural resources in this game is absolutely to its credit and it feels like the tense game that I want for X Games to feel like. Yeah, you've, you've touched on two things that I think are strengths of this game. One is, like say, the resource kind of based economy. The economy is just really interesting because it is... Um, right, okay, I'm going to stop here and just say this. Everything about this game, other than the graphics, is really, really good. Um, the developer has made a real effort to try to make everything meaningful. So... Um, We'll just focus on those two things that you said first. Firstly, the the, the the game setup options are extensive. There are loads of options. There's a wealth of options. In fact, there's only there's only a few games that I've played that have got as many setup options. I think Distant Worlds might be one of them, and perhaps the Age of Wonders games, the most recent ones, also have an equivalent amount of customization that you can do to the map. But you can really alter that game in the at the setup in order to kind of get the experience that you want from it. Whether it's you know. The usual things like accelerating the amount of time that it takes to to make uh, research discoveries, um, and then your usual kind of you know I want more trees, I want it to be more arid, that kind of thing. But there's all sorts of uh, there's all sorts of options that you can do. There's several ways that you can get um, an advantage with regards to your uh, your relative advantage over your opponents. So you can change the relative resources of yourself compared to your opponents. Or there's a slider that even changes how much of uh, the, the the lion's share of the re- the whole map resources that you get compared to the other players, each of you know the other AI players. So there's tons and tons of options uh, with regards to the resource economy. That's great because it it allows you to have a meaningful diplomacy system as well. Because in a diplomacy system, you can use these resources as leverage to trade, and often you'll need to do that, especially if you like Rob was saying, if you set your map up so that there is potential resource shortages in the game, you may find. It's not that, like, for example, let's say something like Galsiv, where 
you know, you, you, you have to have a special resource in order to build a special unit. Well, in this case, you can't build basic units unless you've got some very basic resources. So if you run out of wood, you can't build any spearman type units. Um, if you can't, if you don't have any metal, you just can't build anything, you know. So, or you, if if you haven't got any stone, you can't make upgrades to to your settlements. So you will need to start looking around you to see who's got what what you've got. And if you can't trade for it, you're going to have to go to war. And that is great. It's much more so than any other forex game, perhaps other than Distant Worlds. The game seems set up to create these shortage issues, and it makes the diplomacy really really meaningful and i really love that in that game yeah not to mention population as a resource too so you can't even at the very basic level you can't produce scouts or colonists without the the requisite number of population requisite number of people so there were many times at the beginning of the game where i was kind of figuring things out where i started to realize that like hey population is a big thing here because if i don't have it i'm not able to produce any units <laughs> let alone you know soldiers or anything like that so i was getting caught up because i wanted to produce some settlers in order to you know to improve my lands and to also increase my natural resources and i wasn't able to because i wasn't producing enough people and that's also contingent on the fact that you have enough food, which, you know, again, it's, it's a, it's a great economic and resource system that, that made me think, wow, there's like, you know, these, these layers where I need to ensure that I'm producing enough of these, these resources in order to continue my gameplay and to can you continue, you know, strengthening my empire. And I really like that. And, you know, there's very few games, like you said, that do that to that extent and to that level where you felt that kind of tension and, you know, it is, it feels very much like a distant worlds set in, you know, like that kind of system set in ancient Greece. So, you know, the other thing too, that I want to mention that I really like, I also like the, the establishment of borders in this game, which is different again from any other game that I can remember. And that of course you get your, your borders extend as a result of your settlements and stuff like that. And your mining mines and, you know, your various holdings, but also by just, pushing your people, your units out beyond your your borders, right? So your borders can actually extend if you have a military unit that just pushes into territory that was, you know, no, that hasn't been claimed yet. So in a way, it's basically like, you know, the, the great land rush in the United States back in the 1800s where we were pushing west. And, you know, as we pushed farther west, we were basically claiming territory. And it's a lot like that in this game. You know, your your units push forward, and as they do, and they're they're moving into unclaimed territory, they're basically claiming territory in the name of your empire. So, you, there there's really cool things here. I think that those mechanics themselves, all of those things that we've spoken about, make this game feel unique and makes it feel pretty fun. And so I'm hoping that with maybe you know a, a presentation that would match the the intricacies and the the thought clearly given to the gameplay mechanics that we might have a third iteration eventually with cube games that would really kind of reach the wider audience that i think that the game could deserve yeah i absolutely agree the, i mean the 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 actual for example the graphics on you know the the intro graphics all the graphics to do with the user interface the uh, technology screen all this stuff it's all really good I, I can't fault the game in any way i think the ai is good as well and I want. I'm, I'm going to make a caveat here. Um, I don't feel like I've played Imperiums enough to really judge the AI properly, and you need a long, you need a decent amount of time. The game hasn't done anything really dumb, 
So, you know, you can generally tell a, a game with really bad AI because it either doesn't do anything or it makes dumb blunders. And it hasn't made any dumb blunders and it hasn't um, it hasn't just sat there done nothing. It, it, actually, the game is quite aggressive and you can change the you can change the aggre- how aggressive the game plays. But um, based on my experiences with aggressors, which I probably played a little bit more than Imperiums, the game can make some surprise, uh, the AI can make some surprising moves. For example, one time, and this was in Ingressors, so just with that caveat, I was pushing out into an enemy territory during a, during a war, and I'd set up some camps. And, you know, like Rob was saying, you're often pushing this territory back, very much like, you know, like in the Wild West. But you're, you're setting up camps to hold this territory that you've taken because you don't want people to come in. And I'd gone across this narrow peninsula. So my supply line was running across this narrow peninsula. And the AI, it sailed... Which and by the way, a, uh, naval AI is really hard to do. You know, in forex games, it's traditionally really difficult. Uh, the AI b- boarded in boats. It got. It went to where that peninsula was with a choke point, and it landed on the square. So it cut off my forward base, and then it moved backwards, back towards the forward base, and attacked it from the front. I've not really seen forex games use that kind of. Uh, sh- they do that kind of thing in Shadow Empire. And the gate, the AI and shadow, the, the military AI and Shadow Empire is also very good. But I haven't really seen anything do anything like that in. I mean, even, I'd say this: the best historical forex AI that I've played is Civ Four, and that couldn't really handle naval stuff like that. So that, I mean, I'm going to give. I think it's Pavel that's done that. I'm, I'm going to give Pavel credit that that's really, really good AI, at least in that one particular instance. And that wasn't the only time it surprised me. So, you know. Uh, too long didn't read if you can look past the graphics everything in this game is just really nicely done it's uh it's a tight game design and i can't comment on the very long game because i haven't i just haven't played it enough um but for the most part i've enjoyed my time with the game i just think it's really good it's just uh it's just i like rob said i think maybe people have missed out on it just just because it doesn't quite look like a modern game yes because by every other metric the game does feel modern it feels like a new take on the forex genre and I know at this point, like we're just iterating on mechanics and iterating to make things ever so slightly better. But in this case, I do feel like Cube Games has made the genre ever so slightly better by having these economic fo- focuses, by creating the tension in the way they do, by you know everything we've discussed at this point, because they all do feel like new mechanics that would benefit the the genre in a whole. So I'm hoping that you know maybe by having this discussion that people can start to look past the graphics and we can get some maybe a player base behind imperiums that will help them create a third fourth iteration whatever it takes to get the 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 whole formula correct but you know at the very least i think that you know it's a game that people should definitely be watching and and consider buying into just to see some of the gameplay mechanics that are here that are changing the genre changing the way you'd expect a historical 4x to play you know, I will say real quick before we maybe wrap this portion up that you know there's also these things where you can go to like hermits and witches in the game, which kind of add this like pseudo mythological element, right? And these witches and stuff, they are presented on the map as 2D representations, and I like them. I really like the way they look, and it's it's surprising to me that when you look at this because. You look at the map and you'll see, let's say, the hermit representation, right? And he looks really good. He, it's a really well hand-drawn representation of a hermit. And when you go to these locations, when you bring a unit there, you gain some sort of bonus or you can actually be given some sort of, you know, malice as well. So it's kind of a, you know, a, a crapshoot. 
And I think that's a really cool element too. And there's also an element where you have hero units that you can have them go out and explore and look for treasures. You gain treasure maps and you can have them look for treasures. And again, that's something that just really kind of adds to the exploration and another, another thing that, that is fun. It's a really great mechanic. So I, you know, I, I, I have very little in the way of constructive criticism for the gameplay of Imperiums. It would be very hard for me at this point, after 25, 30 hours of the game, to say, I don't like this part of the gameplay. It's just, it's hard for me. I enjoy that part of the game. So, you know, I I know I'm beating a dead horse at this point. It's just a matter of getting everything else to to represent the game well. I think we should address players who've who had a look at aggressors originally and kind of bounced off it i think that the pretty much everything including the graphics and the presentation and particularly the sound effects have drastically improved in in imperiums i think that that one of the issues that i did not like about aggressors was that i think um i think they'd use some stock sound effects and they were they weren't good and i found them quite annoying particularly you know when you've got like a unit confirmation sound that you have to listen to every time you click on a unit and it's just something really irritating I don't know why. I think it's just I'm an audio person, and if 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 sound or music annoys me, it really annoys me more than anything else. So that I found that a real big turnoff for the game, and I and they've drastically improved it in that respect. So the audio is better, the presentation is better. I think the UI is better, the documentation for the game is better. Everything about the game is better. It, um, e- I think even the the map graphics, which we've kind of complained about, I think even they are better. Um, also, I, I, just to just to kind of reiterate what Rob said, the explore side of this game is really good fun as well because of this because of the mythological element and the treasures. You know, the you've got the kind of mermaids, naiads, is it or dryads or oh yeah, the naiads. Yeah. Um, all these kind of myth- mythological characters that are in the game that you can turn off as well if you just want to play as a strict strict uh, historical game. But you can add, you know you can add these mythological things in there too. Um, there are quests. Uh, it keeps the explore phase going long beyond it should normally be over because you can send out your, you can send out your uh, generals to go and kind of level up. And they, you know, you do that by sending them off into other people's cities. And at the moment, I don't remember if it has a mechanic other than them just getting experience, but I mean, I'm sure this can be something else done with that. It's, it's got so many great ideas. I think that if this was tied to, if this had good graphics as well, it would be an excellent game. And I mean, I mean, it would be up there with, with some of our favorite games, it would be up there with some of my favorite games at Explorminate. It would definitely be my uh, favorite historical 4X. I think it probably is actually at the moment my favorite historical 4X, but I don't really, I'm not the biggest fan of historical 4X anyway. So I'm not really, you know, it's not really, uh, I, my other favorite historical 4X is Civ 4, and that's the last one that I actually liked. <laughs> but yeah. I, I don't mean to demean Imperiums by saying that. I think the, um, I, you know, I'm no expert on game design, but it looks like a tight game design to me, and it plays plays really nicely so you know i I think if people have passed up on it because of the graphics that's a shame yeah and i wouldn't blame them but you know i think it feels like like you said a a really a very moderate maybe even large step ahead of aggressors and there were a subset of people that really liked aggressors in fact the one guy who reviewed it for explominates in a written form was very keen on it really enjoyed aggressors could look past the graphics and could see the game for what it was Again, another game that was pretty economic-focused and war-focused. And, you know, it was something that people liked and enjoyed. But, you know, a lot of people looked over, again, because of the graphical presentation of it. So I think the the conclusion of this is that the gameplay of Imperiums is above par. It is 
certainly something that I would definitely recommend every Forex game fan check out because it is doing a lot of cool things, especially if you're a developer and you're looking to see what Forex games could be that, that would change the quote-unquote formula that we're kind of used to at this point. I would recommend looking at it because I think that there are a lot of great lessons to be learned here. And, you know, moving forward, I'm hoping that Cube Games can make a game that matches the gameplay with a great presentation. And I do think you're right that we will be talking about, we would be talking about that in a light that's maybe a little bit more mainstream, to be fair. So I'd be interested to hear what your last thoughts are, Ben, before we move into our interview. Uh, I think that the developer is showing the signs of being a great developer. And I'm pretty sure from, you know, from speaking to them before that they're aware of the, of some of the issues with, with the graphics and the presentation. And uh, they, I think that the next, I gather that if they make another game, that the, that that would be something that they would certainly focus on. I'm sure that that's the case. Um, With that being said, with the experience that they've got from these two games, I mean, they've made innovations in the, in this particular subgenre of Forex that we haven't seen anywhere else. And, you know, they've gone, and the, the quality of those innovations is really, really high. So I echo what you say, Rob. I think if I think if other games developers want to look at a Forex game that's done stuff differently and has done it to a high standard with regards to the mechanics, Imperiums is the one. Go and take a look at it because it's it's full of fresh ideas. Absolutely. So with that being said, let's go ahead and take a break and we will talk to the developer himself. And now Ben and I are joined by Pavel, the main developer of Cube Games, the developers behind Imperium's Greek Wars. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you very much for the invitation. I'm really happy to be part of this show. We're really happy to have you. So you weren't there to witness it, but we kind of waxed poetic about the gameplay mechanics of Imperium's Greek Wars, and we're both walking away pretty big fans of the things you've got going on here. So... We want to talk to you a bit about who you are first and maybe some of your history with developing. So can you tell me a little bit about your role at Cube Games and your history of developing games too? Well, I'm the main developer of the game and I don't have that much uh, experience in, in gaming industry actually. Well, may, maybe you know or probably know Aggressor Ascension Throne. So that was basically the first game, first game which was really released public. And before that, I, I had quite an experience with uh, other games, but that those were just my private projects. And I'm also a designer of board games. Uh, I have quite a few already, but none of them actually got to the um, release. They are quite, quite interesting because we were testing it already many times. And uh, it's kind of, for example, uh, similar to Carcassonne and Catan, but, but none of them are actually public. So... So that's my background from the gaming and uh, from the IT industry. I was basically developing software, a lot of different kind of software, betting and in banking, etc. So I have quite a good background in IT, but uh, I wanted to get into uh, game development because I basically started with big game development when I was like 12. So it's quite a history. Yeah. And so my my next question, too, because clearly with Aggressors and now Imperiums, you're a fan of historical Forex. So what kind of games do you look to for inspiration? Well, I'm pretty sure that everyone understand that, uh, understands that my inspiration is civilization. 
because I really consider C4 the best Civ uh, of the series. And uh, I re- enjoyed it quite a lot. I know it's like 10, maybe 15 years ago, but, but it's still the best out, of the, uh, out there. And I also like some kind of tactical uh, war games like Panzer General, or I'm not sure if you even remember, but there was a game called Centurion. And uh, it's maybe 20 years ago. And that all shaped the way I play games and what, what I like. I don't really play any, any other games than strategy games. And I really enjoy playing historical strategy games. So uh, that was basically the only, only choice. It's quite clear to me, actually, that you've got some kind of board game background with the way that the game mechanics work with aggressors. How did, I mean, how did your background with board games affect the development of aggressors and imperiums, would you say? What, what, what's, what's my background uh, regarding the board games? No, I just mean, how would you say that your experience with making board games has affected the way that you develop right. aggressors and imperiums? Because they both seem to have a, a level of complexity in them that is above and beyond what you would normally get in a historical 4X. Yeah, well, basically, it's because of I'm a real, a real fan of uh, board games. This uh, initially was a board game, actually. The first Aggressors was a board game, and it was like a really huge uh, board. I think it was like four multiple five meters, so it was like the whole living room. And it was played for, for a couple of days at least. And I just wanted to, to go that on computer because because all the computations and all uh, all these things are getting um, the complexity too high for a board game. So I decided that I need to port it to um, to PCs, and then the complexity started to grow way more because now when you uh, had that on computer, you could simply add a lot of more complexity because the PC will uh, will calculate all that things for you. Yeah, I agree with Ben. It's pretty clear to me that board games are a foundational background of who you are and your development processes because the the gameplay mechanics feel accessible, but there's depth to them that you wouldn't normally see. And I think that that usually comes from people who are, you know, that have a history of making board games or are familiar with board games. And I'm curious to know, because we've we've spoken in depth about the gameplay mechanics in the first half of the show. But I wanted to know what your perspective was on what makes Imperium special. Like, which mechanics do you think were things that you came up with that are unique to the Forex genre and make both Aggressors and Imperiums special games in and of themselves? That's that's a quite tough question. I mean, I appreciate some of the mechanics more than the, than others, but I think this this is better for players to to answer that. But my um, but me personally, I really uh, like the way the, the trading is implemented. Basically, I wanted to create something w- way more real and way way more complex than the usual trading in games is. So I didn't like that concept that you had just one of deal. And I also didn't like the concept that the prices are always fixed because that's absolutely uh, no connect. There is no connection to reality. And I, I, I wanted to create uh, this really like an eBay. So, so that's that's one of the things I really, I'm really happy that it works and works quite well. Even even some players actually complain that they wanted to have some kind of guideline. Uh, what's the good? proposal or offer and demand but uh, that's not how the real world uh, works so uh, this is this is what i really like and i think that uh, the whole resource management is is also interesting like the thing that if you recruit a unit in a city then um, the citizens in that city are actually 
withdraw from their homes and they they get to the to the army so if you if you have a war which is lasting long then you have a problem with with soldiers basically so because there are no citizens which would be able to join the army but there is a number of things i really like but this is a more and more of a question for uh, for players who what they really appreciate i think if i was going to pick out one particular game mechanic that I think is done really well in Imperiums, I'd have picked the economy too. And it's it's clear to me that the rest of the game mechanics are, are intrinsically linked to it. I mean, in the first half of the show, Rob and I were talking about the about the, the economy, that it's interesting in that it makes diplomacy necessary. And honestly, I think a lot of 4X games can do without diplomacy. If they threw it away, <laughs> they'd be better games. And I would not say that about Imperiums. I think I think diplomacy in Imperiums is meaningful. Uh, it's necessary as well, particularly particularly if you set up a map where the resources are more limited. There's other things as well that kind of tie into the economic system, like you say, with the population mechanics. But you can tell that you've put a lot of thought into that. Yeah, it took a while to to balance all that, actually. I I, I was playing it quite a lot. Every, every time there was a new mechanics, I was playing it like for for days just to be sure that it, it fits into the core it fits the whole gameplay and the, a lot of tweaking was there because because you know for example if you increase the birth rate you should see that very very quickly so but it shouldn't it shouldn't be that much uh, so you just uh, raise it for one turn and then you have enough citizens so there needs to be some kind of progress and all that was uh, really tweaked for quite a while now, Pavel, you're just now peeling back the curtains a bit with your upcoming Troy DLC for Imperiums. Could you tell us a little bit more about that scenario and how that'll change the basic gameplay of Imperiums? That's that's kind of a different game. I, everything is the same regarding the graphics and, and diplomacy and trading, but we really tried to make it much more like a tactical game. So we removed the whole uh, invention tree. Uh, we also removed the building of uh, like stables and temples and uh, all that. So now it's really about the battlefront. It's about the army moral. It's about supply lines. And I really think that uh, players will like it because the map is quite uh, quite small. So you know you will play one game like two or four hours, but it's really tense. And we also added a couple of new features or mechanics. Instead of the invention tree, we have we call it uh, the book of fate because we wanted to somehow add the myths and legends and gods into the gameplay. But basically, we didn't want to have any unnatural creatures there, because that's that's usually part of the Troy myth. And also, uh, Total War, they, they added the Cyclops or, uh, or Minotaurs and all these creatures, and we wanted to stay away from that. So this Book of Fate is basically events which are driven by, by gods, but they are actually just small things that are changing on the map and it uh, it should tell you the story of the troy and how gods like it or didn't like it but it shouldn't change the whole whole war with the troy dlc being a combat focused dlc and, and scenario we were explaining or we were actually talking more about the combat and how nuanced it is in the the first half of the show and I, I was hoping you could explain to us a little bit better because we were we were both saying that we we understand there was a lot of nuance to it but maybe you didn't quite understand all the nuance and we were hoping maybe you could explain how the combat works in imperiums and i know that there are geographical bonuses and stuff like that but also how the numbers work out and stuff like that could you tell us a little bit more about that the um, combat is actually quite complex it might uh, not seem so at the first side but uh, there is like 10 or 12 different aspects which are taken into account 
And it starts with the, the army moral, which is basically a concept where you have a different uh, moral uh, against uh, one enemy and different uh, with another enemy. So if we, for example, are able to, to beat uh, barbarians on the north, then the army moral is, is high. But, uh, but if we, for example, fight with Athens and uh, they are beating us, the army moral against them is, uh, is low. So that's one con uh, one thing. The other thing is that there is a loyalty concept, which basically means that you have soldiers recruited in one part of your of your country, and uh, this part of the country might be new, and uh, it means that the uh, soldiers are not that loyal, uh, so they are not performing that well uh, in the battle. Then there is also the the morale of the actual army of each army which is how this army is happy with your leadership so for example if you don't uh, feed them well or you don't uh, have uh, soldiers pay to actually pay for the services then they are they are not happy and uh, they might even switch sides or they might not might refuse to obey your orders then there are the supply lines so if you are too far from from the suppliers uh, which are cities and boats and or the vessel, vessel units and there are wagons or so, uh, then it means that supply is not able to feed the feed your unit properly and it again leads to the lower army moral. And there are also improvements of units so you can specialize these units for assaulting or for defending. Uh, you, you can basically learn or teach them how to how to progress in the on the battlefield on the enemy enemy lines etc so this is another concept and i think there are few more so one of them is the more battles penalty which means that once a unit is attacked first time there is no penalty but every other attack is uh, increasing the more battles penalty and there is some kind of percentage which lowers the defense uh, effectiveness of that unit. The other thing is it's called more, uh, readiness for battle, which means that if your unit attacks uh, without any movement, it is prepared for a battle better than if you have to march to the battlefront and attack. So, so there is altogether, I think, 10 or 12 different aspects which are mixed into the whole calculations. That's kind of problem as well, because some players might, uh, might feel that it is not calculated or something because there are too many too many variables, but it's all really calculated and tested. So so the results should should really uh, mirror the all these all these aspects of the battle. You know, with the depth that you've just put in the, into that one part of the game, I mean, a lot of these mechanics that you're talking about there 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 are analogs that you'll see in other war games, and that's why I actually thought that uh, Aggressors was quite well placed among, amongst the Slytherin roster because it very much reminded me of much of the other Matrix and Slytherin games with regards to the amount of, of detail there is. And yet it, it calculates all this stuff and plays out very quickly. And I guess you don't even really have to, if you were playing on the lower difficulty settings, you wouldn't really even need to know about much of that complexity to kind of get somewhere. So it's not like you need to go manual diving, uh, at, not, at least not at first. You know, you don't have to kind of read the fairly large extensive manual if you want to be able to play it and, and have fun with it. So I, I really like that kind of game design because it really rewards you exploring further as you get more as you get to grips with the game mechanics and i think that can be said for for other mechanics within the game not just the not just the complexity of the of the military system but you know i'd like to ask you a question about the ai because the ai strikes me as being quite good and this is not always a thing in in uh, in forex i'm glad that you sort of identified civ 4 as one of your favorite games because civ 4 is also one of my favorite games and i think that 
Arguably, that probably had the best AI of any of the Civ games. Um, but in the first half of the show, Rob and I were talking about it did something. It, it, this, I'm talking about aggressors now, so I'm not. I'm, I'm pretty sure that Imperiums will be similar. But I, I had a moment in aggressors where I had moved across a peninsula with a with a narrow choke point and set up a couple of uh, what do you call them? Kind of camps as I'd pushed out into enemy territory, and the AI it used a naval landing to to cut my armies off. So they went onto the peninsula and they they took the square that was that was cutting off their supply. So. Uh, basically it did this kind of like naval maneuver cut them off and then moved back towards where they were camped and attacked them from behind and the front simultaneously i've not seen any other 4x game do anything like that the only other game that comes even close is shadow empire and and you know and that's got a really complex military ai but i was amazed by that um, did you did you spend a long time with the ai yeah, I play it all the time. I really try to implement the AI the uh, the way I would play it. So if I see any moves which I wouldn't do or uh, any moves which might uh, might look uh, not well thought, I'm I'm digging in the code and trying to find a way how to make it better. And it's it's a lot of tweaking actually because because uh, every uh, moment in the game you need to wait what's the best for your unit and sometimes it's not even clear what what you would do but i'm really trying to push ai the way it's uh, it's a challenge for me so even i'm some, sometimes surprised what ai does because code of the ai is already quite long and complex so even i cannot know what the ai will do and there are a lot of weights for each action so I'm some, sometimes surprised by that as well, especially now when we are testing Troy. I'm really surprised how well AI pushes you. If you play as Troy, uh, it pushes you out of the beaches. And, and it really, in, in one moment, you, you, you simply know that you have to get to the city behind the walls because you are not able to defend the beach and the whole center part of the map anymore. By the way, I, wa- I, I just wanted to say something about the difficulty. The difficulty is really made the way that if you are a newcomer and you go with the difficulty you should, so it means you start as a, on easy level or, be, uh, or beginner, then the, some, of the, some of the mechanics are by default turned off, like supply management or loyalty. And this should make the process of uh, learning the game mm, way easier for the newcomer. And... Uh, you you learn by by playing or turn off and then you can start another one and increase the difficulty so other mechanics are turn uh, turn on you can always change that whatever difficulty you choose but by default we already preset all that the only problem with that is that players are used to sif difficulty and sif difficulty basically mean that you always start at least on normal difficulty. So even you are a newcomer, you start on normal. Unfortunately, this leads the designers to the conclusion that normal should be something the newcomers choose. We didn't want to go uh, go this way. So basically, normal is already for someone who played the game. And if you start with the game, you should definitely go with easy at, uh, at most. Yes, this is something that I noticed because <laughs> the first time I played the game, I always, uh, yeah, I always bumped the difficulty up to at least hard. Uh, and that's not always a good idea when you're trying to review a game because some games are actually quite hard on hard and you end up having to replay them so many times. But yeah, I, I quickly realized that I couldn't do that with, with Imperiums. The, the difficulty is, I'd say that the difficulty overall of this game is quite high. But if you, if you 
you know drop the difficulty it's actually quite manageable and you can you can play through uneasy without being too heavily challenged so i any game any strategy game that, that has good ai and is challenging is is a thumbs up from me i wanted to ask another thing that we both identified as being particularly interesting and seemed like it had a lot of effort put in was the game options there's there's a wealth of options within which you can you can set the game up to vary the gameplay experience. Perhaps you can tell us a little bit about that. It's something I, I that's maybe because of uh, I'm new in the industry or or quite new to the industry because uh, when we started to include more and more more features, it seemed that uh, some of the players are a bit lost. And the first thing why this was implemented was the difficulty itself. And the second thing was that we were running polls and asking players or maybe alpha testers or beta testers, what would they prefer? What's, what's the option they would play? And it, was, it, it came very often to the conclusion that there is no ideal way. So we decided to, the certain, to a certain level that we need to give player the opportunity or option to choose what he wants to play and how he wants to play. I understand the the level to which this this is done might be a bit too much. So we are trying to to not extend this not much more, but that's the that's the that's the reason why we did it this way. And especially in the Imperiums, the myths and legends and the quests, it is historical game. So we we knew that some of the history buffs might uh, not like this. So this was one of the first things we knew that we have to implement. We have to make this optional so the history buffs will simply say, yeah, we'll turn it off. And other players who, who are kind of open to this, they have it turned on. Yeah, I'm definitely more one of the more open players. I'm not, you know, I'm not glued to his history in any form. So, you know, whatever makes the game fun or more fun, I'm all about. And... I'm curious to know, since release, I know you've it's been a while since you've released, has there been any common feedback that you've received? And if so, what is your plan to react to it or to address it? Well, the, the overall feedback is really, really good. I, I, I have to say, and I, we are really happy for that. The players are great. And when they complain about something, we are really trying to, to make it better or, or fix it if it's a bug. On a more generic level... I think that we will we will go a bit more into diplomacy, especially because some players don't understand why why the AI is refusing their offers. Uh, it's it's pretty pretty simple reason because because you are pushing them too hard and they just want to get to know you. That's one of the reasons. And second reason is that the the attitude towards you is not that good. But this should be better communicated by the UI, and that's that's one of the things we will definitely improve. In the, in the in the update soon. Uh, otherwise, uh, it's it's the graphics. I mean, uh, you are absolutely right that this is uh, something we need to we need to work on. And uh, I hope that we will be able in a soonish time we will be able to somehow uh, somehow make it better. Yeah, something that I mentioned in the first half, and something that I've probably said a bunch <laughs> in for various forums and you know various in various ways and means. I have always thought that your 2D artist, whoever you've you know got on as the, the 2D artist that's doing like the backdrops and a lot of the the variety of 2D art, is clearly very talented. And I, I just, for me, I was I would love to see a 2D version of what you have because even in Imperiums, as you zoom out, there's a certain zoom level at which point your units and stuff become 2D. They're nicely drawn and everything, and 
for me, if you had the entire map drawn in a way like that, much like an At The Gates or, you know, there's a few other games that have implemented 2D art in that manner. I feel like that would be something, I don't know, maybe it's something you you could do. If not, I know that 2D art can also be very expensive too. So, but, you know, I we were both saying the first half that, you know, I feel like that was the biggest barrier for a lot of people. I think that if they could learn to look past the graphics, they'd see that this game is much deeper than your average 4X and much more complex and actually a lot more fun than your average 4X. So I'm hoping that you guys can figure out a way to appeal to a master, like a larger audience. The 2D artists can change change the way how the icons look, but uh, they can they cannot really help with the 3D. But uh, you are right that, that that this this might be possible to do. But I do definitely don't want to to uh, to get away from 3D as well. So so I I really think that this 3D changeable to 2D is uh, is a good idea actually. We just need to improve the 3D. I would I would really like to see. Our game in 3D, like uh, Oriental Empires or uh, this kind of game, and I hope we will get there sooner or later. I don't think the graphics are bad. I think they're just a little bit too busy, and I think that because they can be a little bit busy, they can be a little bit. Uh, the game can be a little bit tiring to play for long periods of time, and I do wonder if that's why it took me longer to play through this one than it would than it would with other 4X games. It's also quite. I think part of the reason for that also is because there's a lot going on. There's a lot more to think about. And so I find that my turns in aggressors seems to take longer than, a, than simpler 4Xs. I do wonder if some of, some of your potential audience might have missed out on the game because they've looked at the graphics and thought, you know, it looks like something that's older than it actually is. Because the game itself is very modern, I think. It, is, it shows... It has all the hallmarks of a modern game with well-thought-out game design that has built upon the lessons that we've learned from two decades of 4X game development. So, you know, I think that's a shame. And I think that if people were to look past the graphics, they'd probably, they'd probably find something that is actually very modern. I'm quite sure that, uh, that some of the players uh, simply didn't buy the, buy the game or maybe even refunded the game because of the graphics. I'm, I'm quite sure about that. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that we should work on that. And regarding the the... The feedback, for, uh, what you think is good or should be changed, I'm really happy to to discuss that uh, in a way more detail. We are we are open to change it. However, you you think would fit uh, fit it better. So I'm I'm really very active on the Steam forum, and uh, any kind of suggestion is is considered. So even for the um, even for the players who listen to this to this show or podcast, I'm really open to any suggestions. So keep us posted. With that being said, how much has the community helped develop the game? Because I know that you have been very open. I've seen you on every forum, including our own, responding to players and listening to feedback and stuff like that. I mean, how are you implementing community feedback? It's usually just improving the concepts. So so it's not like someone suggests a whole new feature and we implement it. It's usually the way that we come up with an idea or a new mechanics we want to uh, include into the game. And then we collect feedback what the players or the testers think about it. Uh, we might tweak it a bit, then implement it, and then we test it quite a lot. And again, we collect feedback uh, what should be improved, why this doesn't work for some of the players, or they they don't like it. So 
the community is pretty small, I would say, but the, the first thing they really help us with is the localization. We wouldn't be able to to make it without them. They, they were simply amazing. And the second thing they, they, they do is the testing and also finding bugs. And regarding this, they usually just tell us, well, it works quite well, but this is maybe too much uh, too much of uh, something like too many dialog windows open or we have to uh, we have to click here and there there so these are a bit more like tweaks than new mechanics we also had a couple of things which were suggested regarding a whole new mechanic and we definitely do consider that as well but it needs way more time so it needs to be thought through and it is implemented way later so it might take months during alpha test, it was actually like for a year. We started alpha testing, you know, I think, in October last year. Uh, there were many, uh, many suggestions, and a couple of them were implemented, and, and some of them were taken and added in a different way to the core, or I mean the, the, game, the game core. I just want to uh, pick up on something that you said before. With regards to the feedback, and you were saying you, you know, you would, you'd, you'd be interested in feedback, I don't know if this is just because I've I tried to get about forty hours in for for a 4x game before I feel like I'm really able to kind of critique it. I've not got quite got that much in Imperiums, I have to admit. So I'm not able to really give a full criticism about the game with regards to the long term, you know, the long term enjoyment of it. But this is one of the game. Apart from the graphics, this is one of the only games that I've really struggled to find anything that I actually don't like about. There there are elements of it I, other than the busy graphics. It, it seems to do so many things right. I think it's really complex, but uh, the, com- the, the complexity is easily explained in the manuals and in the, in the documentation. There doesn't really seem to be anything in there. Yeah, maybe, the, as you've said, with the diplomacy, there was, there, you know, I wasn't quite sure sometimes why it was that I was getting the responses I was getting, but that's a common problem with 4X games. And diplomacy's never really been done that well in 4X anyway, so because the rest of the game seemed quite new, I didn't really pick that out as being something that was particularly a problem. So, I mean, you, you are do- clearly doing something right. I'm actually interested to know what it is, what your plans are now after the Troy DLC. What, what comes next for Cube Games? We already have a roadmap of an, uh, other extensions. Uh, those will be way way b- bigger than Troy. Troy is quite a small map, so we plan to release uh, several more maps with uh, new functionality as well. I don't really want to uh, to reveal uh, in more details, but as the as the ancient Greece map is right now, then we will have similar sizes of uh, of the extension maps which will focus on a, on a bit different era of history, but it will stay in the antiquity. Excellent. That's very good to hear. I'm really glad to hear that you're continuing to support the game because I feel like it's worthy of support. And we do look forward to seeing Imperiums grow and possibly improve on the graphical front and also, you know, just, you know, fortifying what's there and like Ben said, I think what you have is very, very great. It, with the the, folk, the foundation of the game is is already very strong, and one that we again we wax poetic about pretty much in the first half of the show. So, Pavel, I'm really excited to see what you have going on. Thank you very much for joining us today, and we look forward to seeing what you come up with in the future. Thank you very much again for invitation, and guys, uh, keep it up. Uh, I really like this podcast, so maybe next time. Yeah, no, we'd love to have you back, especially as you continue to develop games. And we both agreed that you clearly have a mind for this, right? I mean, with the board gaming background and 
now with the implementation of two games that have a lot of gameplay mechanics that we're both very big fans of, it's clear that you, you know, you have a passion for Forex and the strategy genre and we'd love to have you back. So good luck to everything and, and thanks for being on the show, sir. Thank you and bye. See you later. Bye. This was Rob, Ben and Pavel for Explominates and until next time, keep exploring.